You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Well, welcome, Stonegate. Hello. Hello. Uh, there we go. Amen. Amen. I just want to make sure that we're okay in here. Amen. Well, I want to just, uh, 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 first of all, uh, thank God uh, for another opportunity uh, to present his word, uh, thank God for Christ and all that he means to just not me, but to all of us. And thank God for Stonegate. Uh, truly, uh, uh, God has shown his favor uh, by landing me with such a loving and caring body. Uh, I, just, I just thank you all so much uh, for just accepting me uh, and, and, and loving me and my family unconditionally. Uh, it's truly been a blessing uh, to be loved by so many people that love Jesus. Uh, so don't want to hold you long. I want us just to, uh, I want to call your attention uh, to Matthew chapter 5, uh, 14, but we're going to be jumping around at first. So we're going to probably start at 1 John, 5, uh, 1 John 1. Verse 5, then turn to, then it will be, uh, it, it'll all be on the screen, John chapter 8, verse 12. Then we'll land at uh, probably uh, Matthew chapter 5, and we'll go from there. But before I start, I just want to say just a quick prayer uh, over myself and over also the listeners in, uh, uh, of, of God's word. Amen. So will you please bow with me just for a moment uh, while, while I pray. Father, We thank you that we get the opportunity, God, just to gather in freedom and worship, to call upon your name and to hear God from you. God, you have been so gracious to us all. We just think about now, God, Christ and what he's done for us God, uh, God, it's, it's simply amazing how you continuously blow our minds and our hearts up with Jesus. So, God, that's our prayer even on tonight, that Jesus will loom bigger in our hearts tonight. God, that you will show us, God, that you have saved us with a defined and clear purpose to bring glory to your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So God, we thank you. We thank and Father, we love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who do not know, uh, I have a son uh, uh, that's now attending U of H. He's in his last year of college, praise God. Uh, he, will, he, will, uh, he will swiftly come off the payroll uh, uh, at the end of August, amen. Off payroll, amen, you are now on your own. Uh, but but uh, uh, around the, the year of 2002, about to 2006, I had the plum pleasure and delight uh, to watch my son play football for the South Dallas Packers. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was the star running back. Go figure. Uh, I would see my son on the field uh, 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 as a running back, just, just putting the hurt 
together to young men. And, and, and that was just making my heart so glad. That, that, that I remember one time when he, he put a young boy in the hospital. I said, go boy. You know what I'm saying? That's what my boy, he is on the field to hurt. And that, brings, and that brought just a, a joy to me to watch my son play football. And every once in a while, I, I hear folks raving on the sidelines, go, Nick, go, go, Nick, go, go, Nick, go. And every time Nick would score a touchdown, I think I would actually beat him to the end zone. I was just a, I was a, a, a very proud, proud daddy. And what, what I was seeing on the field that, that Nicholas Valentine was getting his shine on. It got to the point that he was shining so much, the question began to be asked, who is this son's daddy? <laughs> I'm so glad to ask. Well, you know, so, so, so I quickly began to, hey, hey, that's my boy. That's my boy. I mean, I mean, I mean he was getting his shine on so much, y'all, that, that it, 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 brought, it brought joy. It, it brought just, I mean, I was just so proud of my son, seeing my son do work on the football field. Nicholas, in some sense, was making glory to me. And boy, did I like it. And you ask, well, why, why, why such a story? Because I believe that God desires the same thing from us. That, 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 that God wants us to shine in such a way, in such a way, that they would take, that they would take the, the, that they would take the, the attention off you and say, who is the cause? Of such works. Who is the, who's the one that's allowed such things to be done in such a way that, man, this guy is, is somebody produced this. Somebody has given mention or power for this to happen. And y'all, you know, in, in a sense, that's what God so desires that when we do such things that God has said, I want people to take the focus off of you and to turn it towards me. Yes, that your work, that you would get your shine on in such a way that folks wouldn't talk about you. They would talk about me. So, 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 so as we have that kind of, uh, uh, that theme going there, uh, 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 if I had to title the sermon, it'd be, get your shine on. <laughs> get your shine on. So, so I want to open up with first of all with in 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 First John. Now we're going to be reading a very uh, going to Matthew five in a minute, which is a, which is a very familiar text to all of us. And so uh, I don't uh, and that'll be found in, in in Matthew. But now I want us just to look at the idea of uh, of us being light in the world. Uh, when you look at the Bible, it pretty much spells out that ultimately God is. The light. So when you read First John chapter one verse five, it says this: "This is the message we have heard from him, and that is Christ, and we proclaim to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all." When you 
when you look at this word darkness, it, it gives the idea of sin and or the consequence of sin. And so what the Bible is saying that when you look to God, there is no sin or no consequence of sin. That, 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 that God, he is, he is the ultimate light in which there is no darkness, the Bible says, at all. No ability to do wrong at all. God is perfect. He is light. And in him, the Bible says, there is no darkness. It's good to know that I serve a God in whom there is no darkness, no evil. It's perfect. He said, I want you to know it for this is the message that we heard from Christ himself, the God. He is light. And then when you go on in scripture, when you go now to John, to St. John chapter 8, verse 12, Here's what Christ says about himself. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Here it is. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christ said, not only is God like First John one five, but also now, now that I've now that now that God and the flesh has come on the scene, I'm now the light of the world. He's saying that that that, that, that I've, I've come to display and, and or project who the Father is, and so. If you want to think about what it's like, he's saying that I am the one that is like, it's not money, it's not health, that I am the light of the world. But then he says something else that I really love. Then he says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. The idea, sir, is that whoever has made up their mind to follow me, it's actually saying that they would not walk in the darkness. The darkness. Which is saying that you would not walk in the rule and reign of Satan himself if you follow me. Now, here in, the, uh, in this verse is a double negation. So, let me say what that means. So, when I see whoever follows me will not walk in the light. He said that whoever follows me will never, never walk in the rule and reign of Satan. If you follow me, you never have to worry about uh, Satan being your authority anymore. That's a done deal if you choose to follow me. And then when you make the choice, he says, I'm going to put something in you. Uh, then he says, but we'll have the light of life. So, if, so he said, that if you choose to follow me, you will never, never walk in the darkness, and, I will, and then you will have the light of life. Listen to me, I'm saying, money is not light. Sex is not light, though it's good, amen. That is not light. The Bible says, if you really want to know what is the difference making in your life, it's not you, it's me, he said. I've given you, when you've chosen to follow me, you, I will give you something called the light of life. That, 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 that there would be something different about you, he's saying. And in, in, in John 
chapter eight. So, 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 here's that. So, so then when you look at Colossians chapter one, again, y'all, we go, we're going to get down to uh, Matthew in a minute. When you look at Colossians chapter one, uh, verses uh, 13, it says this, he being Christ has delivered us from the domain that is the rule and the authority of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. So he's saying that, that, that when you decided to follow Christ, that something spiritually happened. God, he rescued you from the domain of darkness and God somehow, he, trans, he moved you over to the kingdom of his beloved son. So you never have to worry about, again, again being under the rule and reign and domain of darkness. Why? Because of your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. I was sharing today that it is an absolute exciting thought to realize I would never have to experience the wrath of God again. That, 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 that he's, he has saved me from, from, from God's, God's uh, 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 furious wrath because, I, because of, of our faith in Christ. And when I, again, when I put my faith in Christ, there was something spiritual that happened that, that, that he moved me from wrath now to joy. That now all I face or all I receive from God is his joy, his peace, and his love. When he transferred me, something happened about me. So, 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 so you never have to worry about the rule or, or, the, or the domain of, of Satan. So, so, so why is that so good? So when you turn to 1 Peter, and then, and then we get into Matthew 5, when you turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called out, who called you out of darkness and to his mother's light. Once were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once not, uh, once you had not re received mercy, but now you have re received mercy. He says, for, for the fact that God called you, pulled you, rescued you out of darkness into his marvelous light, the response should be a proclaiming of his excellencies. Knowing that you've been called out of the rule and reign of Satan and placed into the beloved kingdom of the Son, when was the last time that you proclaimed that you praised God for his excellencies? That you were not once a people, but now you are. That you had not once received mercy, but now you're always receiving. The Bible says his mercies are new every single day. How often do you praise God for that? That, that, that you was once lost in sin on your way to hell, as some folks say, with gasoline on. But God, in his grace and goodness, called you out of darkness. Placed you into light, and yet we seem not like we seem that we don't owe God any praise. It's amazing to me. And then this is I, I'm not trying to make this make this rule a law, but I've seen saints get excited over 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 the sorry Dallas Cowboys. 
I mean, they can't be losing. I mean, 33 to 10, and when they score a touchdown, we start shouting. There's some kind of movement in our bodies. But when we gather to serve a loving and gracious God, you have to be prompted to display some kind of gratitude. Do you understand that you was once lost? That you once did not know God? That you were a fool, with a fool? Do, do you not understand God and his grace chose you? It was nothing that you've done, you had done to please him. He just chose you. He chose to rescue you from his wrath. And yet some of us, we still feel like, God, I deserve that. I don't. I, I, the only thing, and I love that the, what Rodney said a few weeks ago, the, the only thing we all deserve is hell. Right. And anything that we get above that is a blessing. So, 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 here's the idea now. I want to get to my text now. So with that backdrop, that, that God being light, Christ being light, saving us, transferring us from the, from the domain of Satan now and, and, and to the kingdom of his beloved son, that we should now show forth the praise of his excellencies, that we should give God praise because he's called us out of darkness into light, that we, that we were not once a people but now are. He said, no, listen, let your light shine. In Matthew chapter 5, we, we have what was called the Sermon on the Mount. And in verses 1 through 12, Christ, he's dealing with the attitude of those who are in the kingdom. All of these are kind of like attitudes. And then he gets down to uh, verse 13. He begins to talk about how salt and how it's been salt of the earth, that we should be able to make a difference. And then he, moved, then he runs down to verses 14 through 15. And he says this in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but, he says, on a stand. But it, and it gives light to all that's in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. What is the idea here? That when you got saved, Christ says, though God is light and though Christ is the light of the world, now Christ has left and he's given us now his spirit. Now he's saying, now you, you, this you is emphatic. He's not talking to everybody. He's talking to those who have decided once and for all to follow Jesus, you, 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 and you, and you, you are now the light of the world. The world, if the world needs light, I pass you in the world to give light to those who live in darkness. You are light. That, that he's, he's called you to be difference makers. He's called you to give knowledge to those who don't know because he said, I have placed you in the world that you may get your shine on. The end my passing you in the world, he said, that a city on a hill cannot be hid. I did not call you and save you for you to hide. 
I didn't call you and say you for you to stay in your house and at least forward. I didn't call, I called you to go out in the world and to get your sign on. He says, you're right. You work with people who are lost. You go to the gym with people who are, you eat lunch with, with people who are lost. You go to Walmart. You are, people are lost. And the only means of them seeing me is you. Have you, do we understand the magnitude of this? He's, he's given me this privilege and this honor to be light to people who are in darkness. That he's put it on us as a family. I've set you all on a hill and you cannot be hidden. So stop trying to hide. If you cannot be hidden, if God has called you as a people to be on the hill, why are we trying to go down in the valley and hide? No, 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 no. You can't hide because there's something about you that's different. I recall the story of Peter. Peter was one of Christ's first known disciples, and, and, and Christ is now getting Christ, they've, they've now taken Christ into custody. And, 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 and so the Bible says look, that, that Peter is, fo- is following Christ for, from a distance. And, uh, uh, and so he goes around this, this fire while Christ is in the custody of the Romans. He goes into in to this fire trying to, to keep himself warm. And there's a lady that said, aren't you one of his disciples? Peter said, no, 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 not me, no, no, no. Then came up this other lady, hey, are you not one of his disciples? The Bible says that Peter started cussing and swearing. I don't know the man. I don't, I don't, I don't. And then came up this other guy and he says, man, Yes, look, does you even sound like them? You sound like one of those Galileans. See, there was something about Peter that even though he denied, he did not know Jesus. It was something about him that he could not hide. You can't hang around Jesus for three and a half years and not be different. That, that, that the more you hang around Jesus, the more different you become. And it's harder to hide. So he said, because you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill, understand this, you cannot be hidden. Then he says, nor do people light a lamp and put it, and put it under a basket, but on a stand. So immediately when you came into salvation, you were spiritually promoted. Do you not know that God has placed you in unique places to shine for him? I understand that the job is not paying that well. I understand that the boss is mean and hateful. I understand that that co-worker, here it is, gets on your last cockeyed nerve. That's my term, amen. I understand, I understand, I understand that that waitress is getting on, she, 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 sir, why is she, this woman should not be a waitress. She's slow and sorry. Why is she waiting? Why, why is she doing this? 
Do you not know the God he puts you in places to let people know who he is? That, that, that wherever you are in life, whether it be school, high school, elementary school, college, that God has providentially placed you there for one reason, to get your shine on. That, 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 that you are not, listen to me, you are not there for you. You're there for him. And I'm going to show you a verse in a minute that that's going to probably rock your world. He's placed you there. No, no. God loves lost people so bad. He's placed you in their life. He's placed them in your life for you to show them how good and how awesome and how gracious God really is. Stop complaining. Stop bickering. Stop grumbling. Because God has placed you there so that the people may not know you, but that they might know him. He didn't save you to hide you. He saved you to put you on display for his glory. And so when you look at, the, when you look at this Matthew chapter 5 and 14, then we, then we go, to, uh, go down to Matthew chapter 5, then we uh, look at verse, verse verses, uh, 16, it says this. It says in verse, in verse uh, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, when I look at this particular, or this, or this, or this section of scripture, and I look at the, uh, Matthew 5, the only imperative, the only command is found in verse 6. He says, in the same way, let your light shine. That's a command in this text. It is not optional for you to not let your light shine. God, I'm commanding you that, that the light that I've given you, I'm commanding you to let this light shine before others. Now, what's interesting about this text is that I was a... Uh, I was amazed because here it is, God said, I want people to see me, but I want them to see your good works. So they'll be seeing your good works, but then they'll really be actually going to find me. And so I know there is this notion of us trying to go around and find good works. So let me save you from trying to find good works. When you look at Ephesians chapter 2, when you, when you look at Ephesians chapter 2, it says uh, verse 8 and 9. Now, we quote 8 and 9, but we forget about verse 10. It, it says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own uh, doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for, for what? For good works, which God, be, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The idea of this word create, that we are in Christ Jesus, created y'all, uh, 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 being his workmanship, that God is saying, I've, that when I saved you, I, 
I already have prepared for you good works beforehand. You don't have to go around trying to hunt to do good works. If you just follow me, if you are sensitive to my spirit, I'm going to lead you to good works that will bring glory to me, but you will be doing. So, 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 that, so, so, so you don't have to just pray. You don't have to just go out there and try to conjure up good works. They're already after. He's already prepared them for you. Now, now in a sense, there are two kinds of works. There's a work with our word, and there's a work with, uh, with our life. And so let me give you Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 23. One of the good works that's put forth in words. It says in Ephesians 4, 29, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for, for the building up. And as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. This word corrupt means foul or rotten. God is saying this. When it comes to your conversation, I need nothing fouled or rotten ever to come out your mouth. I need that when folks hear those who are light of the world, when, when folks hear you speak, what I need them to hear is nothing but grace bestowed upon them. And y'all, if, if, this, if we're all real, we, we struggle in this area. But God said, one of the ways that, I'm, that, that, that you're going to say that when I put you in difficult moments and seasons or with difficult people, I don't need you to cuss them out. I don't need you to show your wrath. I need you at that moment to display grace to them. That I need nothing corrupt to come out your mouth. Nothing that's, that's going to bring uh, uh, dishonor to him. Nothing that does, nothing that uh, does not represent God fully. So I wonder, how are you with your words? With, with your kids, with coworkers, with your boss, or with your people that work for you? How are you with your words? Are, are they foul? Are they rotten? How do you communicate with your wife? How, did you, how do you communicate with your, with your husband? How do, you, how do you speak to your kids? How do you speak to folk that you can't stand? I wonder, in your communication, is it begging glory to God? Now, here's the scripture that's really going to mess you up. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. It says this, Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Now, I looked up the word all in the Greek. Then I looked up the word all in Latin. I had been ditching the picture that I looked up the word all in Hebrew. And guess what I came up with? It means all. <laughs> you just can't change that. I mean, it means nothing. So when you understand that all means all, he says, do all things without grumbling, that is complaining or disputing. Here it is, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among you, among you shine as lights in the world. God is saying that when you choose not to complain or argue or dispute, you begin to shine for God. 
And what I've heard, not in this church, but in, but in churches around Midlothian and beyond, I've heard Christians that complain and complain and complain. No, not you. You're special. <laughs> I'm saying those outside of Stonegate. They do nothing but complain and complain and complain. You complain about your job, about your, your, your age, about your spouse, about your kids, your grandkids. I mean, you, you, you complain and God, listen to me, I need you to stop complaining. I need you to stop disputing, stop arguing. Why? So that you may shine as light of, for me. I'm, and the worst thing that most Christians can do is that, Complain. And when, you, and when you complain, you're saying, God, you do not know what you're doing. God, you've made a mistake. And he hasn't. Are you a complainer? Do you constantly complain and complain about this and this and that? God said that, that when it comes to working out your soul and your salvation, he says, will you please stop complaining? Now, 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 those are the words in which your good works should be on display. But now here are the works. Now, this is not an exhaustive list of works, but here are some works that I found for you so kindly. I mean, I, I, I did you a pleasure. I, mean, I did you what I, what I call a plum pleasing pleasure to find you some, some good works that fit biblically and that bring glory to God. So Luke chapter 16 Luke 16, it says this. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse. Pray for them. I wouldn't beat them up. <laughs> Pray for them. God, are you serious? No, I need you that when folks start abusing you, I need, verbally or physically, I need you praying for them. I wonder how many of us pray for folks who abuse us, whether at work or at home. How many of us are found praying? How many of us are found loving our enemies? How many of us are found doing good to those who do bad to us? These are good works. And when the world sees that you are doing these kind of works, so something happens. But I don't want to let the cat at the bag. He says, verse 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, hit them back. <laughs> oh, God, he, he, she deserves it. They pop me, I'm going to pop them back. That's not what Christ is saying. He said that when they pop you, give them your other cheek. Well, he said, don't be quick to retaliate. I remember, I got to go on, I got to go on, yeah, 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 I got to yeah, go on, amen. <laughs> Yo, that's a long story, amen. Just know I've been pushed and called names and walked away for God's glory. You don't have to retaliate. You, you can walk away. When they call your name, just walk away. When they... Look what he says to y'all. And he gets, in Christ, he gets more ridiculous. He says, to one who strikes you on your cheek, offer, uh, offer the, the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold. If they take your shirt, 
Give to my old soldier jacket. Give to everyone who begs from you. Huh? And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. You say, what? As, and, and as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you uh, uh, expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to, to get back the same amount. But love, he says, your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons slash daughters of the Most High. My question is, why in the world would I let another grown man slap me and not Retaliate. Why would I love somebody who I know that despise me? Why would I do good to those whom I know cannot stand me? Why would I give a person my shirt when they just took my jacket? Why would I do such things? Why? What sense does that make to lend and not expect it back? What sense does that? Why should I do such ridiculous things? That's the question I ask. Why? 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 He tells you in Matthew 5, verse 16. He says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. My question is, who are the others? In the same way, let your good light shine before others. Underline, highlight, who are the others? So that they, who are the they, may see your good work and give glory, glory to, who it is, your Father. The people that I'm doing this to are not saved. They don't have the same daddy, Abba, and Papa that we have. But here is the, the ironic thing that I see in this text, that God some way will have us to do such good works that even sinners will begin to glorify God. Now, what does glorify mean? I'm so glad to ask. The, words, the word glorify, I, I have it for you. Uh, 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 Right there on the screen, but not in my notes. Amen. So let's read together. Amen. <laughs> to glorify your father. Amen. Y'all, hey, let's read together. Amen. Here it is. It means to render glory to him, to, to recognize him for who and what he is, and to celebrate with praises, worship, and adoration. Is it possible? For us to do such good works that even sinners bring the glory to him. Recognize him for who he is and what he uh, and for uh, who he is to celebrate with praises. Is it possible for sinners based on our works to worship God? 
question. When, did, when have you last heard a sinner in your presence glorify God because of you? When was the work so distinctive, so out of the, unknown, out of the ordinary, that a sinner, a cusser, a thief, a robber said, what a God. What a God. What? You love me and I'm constantly doing bad to you? What? I just smashed you and you gave me the other? What? I just took your car and what? I just stole your wallet and what? I, I just, you gave me money and what? You don't want it back? What? Are you serious? The question is why would you do such a thing? So that they might glorify your father who is in heaven. To bring us all home and I'm done. I'm past time. Thanks, Kevin. Here's what I mean. Give you a, a drastic kind of illustration of this. Let's imagine that God sends you to a dark place. That ain't dark enough. <laughs> Is that dark? Ah, oh, that's better. And God sends you into a dark place. And he says, I've put you in a dark place for this reason, for you to be a light to all. If you was not there, look at it. But because I placed you there, whether it be college, work, school, whatever it is, I don't place you there. Look at the conditions. They have no hope of getting to know my son. They have no, they have no opportunity of getting to know who I am. So me and my providence and love put you there. That when folks see you, they see me. I put you in a room with dark people. Not for you to complain, not for you to become bitter and resent the people you work with, not to do that, but that they might see you and glorify me. Father, I thank you. And Father, I love you. And God, we understand we don't have this thing always down pat, God. And God, we find ourselves, every once in a while, we find ourselves complaining. We find ourselves mumbling. We find ourselves disputing, God. We find ourselves, God, wanting to retaliate, God. We find ourselves at times even being selfish. But that's not why you saved us. You didn't save us for us to sit in our homes. You didn't save us, God, for God, for us, God, to sit at our little God box or a little office. God, you called us to be lights in the world. Here it is. You called us to live sent lives. You've called us, in short, to be missional. 
to get outside of the four walls, to get outside of our comfort zone, and to get into the world, the cosmos, the cosmos, the inhabitants of all the earth. And as we got get involved in the lives of others, with strangers, God, with lost people, God, as you providentially, God, place us in certain places to represent you, no matter how hard it gets, help us to glorify you. Help us to understand that even in dark conditions and in dark places, and I'm the only light there, you are for me. And you are for me because you are for your glory. Will you please help us to realize that you've called us to get our shine on in the unlikely places with the most unlikely people that they might worship, adore, celebrate God. God, what a privilege. So in the midst of these dark places, fill us with your spirit. Direct us with your word. Let grace be found on our lips. That when folk hear us, they hear you. What an honor to be placed in dark places with your glory. Help us to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.